Why do you ask? Well, you just ask me. But why do you ask the question? Good morning, and welcome to another week of Effectively Wild, uh, episode 248 of the Daily Baseball Perspectives podcast. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined by Sam Miller, as always. Uh, we've been following the Alex Rodriguez rehab saga very closely since our draft of the the worst bang for your buck players uh and today was supposed to be the day because we we calculated after the draft that you were slightly under the 200 million dollar payroll minimum if a-rod doesn't play this season and significantly so, significantly yeah. under i would say and did we decide what the what the penalty was or we just said there would yeah. be some sort of penalty i believe it's one win per million okay all right yeah that's 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 that could be a difference maker uh, so how are you? How are you feeling now that his his return has been? Uh, I guess the the can has been kicked back another seven to ten days. Well, Ben, I'll, I feel pretty confident, and I'll tell you why. Okay. It's because none of this matters. <laughs> okay, I thought you were stressing about it. I I'm some I am somewhat anxious about it. It's true. <laughs> I I was going to be very relieved when he played the first game, and it was so close. Mm-hmm. I could taste it, and now to have it to have the to have the football you know moved one more time. Yeah, uh, I do feel like this is not going to end well. But I only need I only need one inning. Yep, one inning of play. Yeah, he doesn't even have to get up to the plate. He could pinch run. I don't know why he would pinch run in his condition, but but <laughs> if he did, that would that would solve your problem. Do you? Uh, by the way, do you? Speaking of of Yankees with quad strains, do you? Do you feel like it's reading too much into it to say that at this age, uh, Jeter's kind of career-long ability to talk his way into the lineup is now less of an asset than a liability, or is that a stretch? Because I mean, at, I, I guess I don't know. I was at the the press conference that he gave at a, a couple of months ago at Yankee Stadium, his first press conference since the spring, and people had asked him. If he was, you know, if he had come back too soon and re-injured himself because of that, and he said no, and then uh, it seems like he sort of pushed his way back into the lineup a little bit uh, before the break, and then hurt himself again, and now he wants to come back again this week, and Joe Girardi's like, I don't know, and kind of feel like he'll he'll manage to talk his way into it again, like maybe this this was a good thing when he was young and had great healing powers and durability, but maybe now that he's old and doesn't, it's not such a good thing? I I don't know. I guess I would say my, my instinct would be that it was probably never a good thing. Not Just because I think in general you want to be able to make the best decisions based on you know what your trainers say and what your doctors say and what your coaching staff says. And I think all things being equal, uh, if you could have all the same performance and all the same character and all the same leadership and everything but you could get it out of young guys who don't have the the power to tell you what to do with them mm-hmm. you'd probably you would probably just would generally prefer that i think you know generally it's probably a small problem of having famous players like super famous players mm-hmm. that they get to to some degree tell you what to do and that probably probably is generally always a little bit counterproductive mm-hmm. uh and another thing i wanted to briefly bring up was that um I feel like uh, we've talked about PEDs a lot on this podcast, and we're going to today. Oh, what's your topic? Uh, Bartolo Colon. Oh, okay. All right. I was kind of 
going to to bring him up a little bit, so I'll just wait. Um, all right, so I I wanted to talk about uh, Ruben Amaro's prospect list rant, and I'm going to talk about uh, Bartolo Colon. You don't say. Okay. Um, uh, Ruben Amaro's prospect list rant. Interesting. Why don't I start? Yeah, sure. Um, so in it seems to me that in uh, in I, I don't know if I, I would even go so far as to call it a circle, but it, it seems that in our circle, it is generally considered bad form to accuse people of PEDs, right? I mean, this is a mm-hmm. uh, this is a uh, you know a rule that that you don't break, right? I mean, there are writers who are always accusing people of doing steroids without much evidence or mm-hmm. doing PEDs without much evidence. Or asking the question, you have to or ask at, the question. Yeah. Raising, yes, exactly. Yes, just have to Asking, ask. Yeah, and they usually get, you know, insulted and uh, called hypocrites and called all sorts of horrible things. And, you know, I, I generally think it's probably a I, – I feel good about not accusing people of using drugs that they haven't tested positive for. I think that's a good thing. So mm-hmm. um, Bartolo Colon right now is, you know, taking drug tests and presumably passing them. Uh, we don't have any reason to suspect uh, well, probably I mean, taking more drug tests than the average player, right? Perhaps. I think. I, w- yeah. I would hope. I would hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for, before I go, before I go any further, I just, I just want to say that I am an extremely trusting person. I believe almost anything anybody tells me, mm-hmm. and so I actually don't have any part of me that thinks, "Oh, Cologne's probably doing drugs." I mean, I'm so naive that if he's out there saying that he's clean, I just believe it. Whatever. I'm a horrible horrible judge of character that's i'm not saying that like i'm morally better because of that i'm Mm -hmm. saying i'm an idiot i'm a dumb dumb idiot for that (laughs) so but anyway my to just to as the premise i am not actually accusing bartolo cologne of doing drugs all right but cologne is different than you know say chris davis right i mean bartolo cologne has a drug positive drug test in his recent history Mm -hmm. he he has been linked in the even more recent history to um, uh, uh, biogenesis, he is also five thousand years old, <laughs> as fat as any player in the game, and having the best season of his career uh, after, after being, being out of baseball for a few after years, being yeah. exactly mm-hmm. after being out of baseball for a few years, um, and he's you know throwing hard again, and I mean er- everything about it is like the sort of thing that the average you know the, the average fan is pointing at and saying ah dudes on dudes on roids right Mm -hmm. and so i was listening to an angels game a couple weeks ago and they're a very non non non-controversial radio duo mark langston and terry smith they you know they're not out there attacking players or anything like that but langston essentially all but all but accused him of doing steroids right now like he's you know in the guise of you have to ask the question but it was like you know he was laughing at how you know, sort of how obvious it probably is that he's doing it. And, uh, you know, Angels fans are, are who, who have a special hate for the A's, they're all pretty brazenly saying, ah, he's a cheater, he's a steroid user. And so I just wanted to know, are we ever allowed to speculate? I mean, is there anything, like, if, if it's one thing to say, oh, I'm not going to vote for Jeff Bagwell because his numbers were so good he had to be cheating, right? That seems pretty obviously to be kind of unfair to Jeff Bagwell and to players in general. But do we get any point where we're allowed to just say, like, dude's probably cheating, right? Uh, well, we did do that one podcast where you 
you pulled Twitter on on how many home runs Bonds would have hit if he had been clean, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I I said some number that was lower than the number that he actually hit, and he never failed a test. So I guess in in Bonds's case, uh, I would believe it, or I I think it, without 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 incontrovertible evidence, pretty pretty strong circumstantial evidence. But I don't. I I mean, I think that with Bonds, it's this has been proven in a court of law, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so so you're saying, just with any active player who hasn't failed a test, uh, who is not currently in the in the middle of failing a test. Well, uh, I mean, we can all agree that Bartolo Colon did use performance enhancing drugs. So at some point, right? We can agree on that, but so can we agree on what? More or less likely that he's doing it again well I because mean, I, we know that yeah. he doesn't have a, a moral objection to it so that makes it more likely uh but he's also been caught and suspended already which yeah. maybe would make it less likely that he would try it again well i being again a naive idiot who believes anything i t- i often think oh well, what are the odds that a guy would try it after he's been caught again he's probably yeah. clean right. uh, but but like i said i'm an idiot i i don't think it's established that he has no moral issue with it. A lot of people do things that they have uh, ambivalence about. Yeah. Uh, well, he might he, he might have been really conflicted. It, he might be rehabilitated. I believe in the power of forgiveness. <laughs> okay. All right. Um... I guess let me let me change let me just slightly shift this. Uh, hang up and listen. Um, the wonderful podcast, sports podcast from Slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a. They were talking about. Um, uh, I think Chris Davis and about some of the accusations or the questions raised. And uh, Josh Levine said uh, they all kind of agreed that he was probably clean. And Josh Levine brought up the point that in 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 a lot of sports that have had steroids issues, there's you wouldn't assume he was clean. If it, if he was a a bicyclist, you'd be irresponsible to think he's clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody just assumes that that they're doing drugs and you know with sprinters you're not you know you don't you don't go out of your way to defend sprinters just because they've got you know clean tests uh even if they swear under oath that they're clean and even if they you know have these tests and even if they've been doing this for 10 years you don't go out of your way defending them you just sort of you acknowledge that there's a pretty good chance he is and you don't maybe necessarily say i'll put him in jail uh, without a test but you you don't you know you you know that there's a decent chance a good chance that he's going to get you know popped for drugs at some point right mm-hmm. and but josh noted that in baseball uh i think for a lot of us there's still a, a presumption of cleanness we don't we don't look at every player on the field through the lens of like thinking that they're tinted uh, they're uh, they're tainted mm-hmm. um we you know some of us might say it but most of us probably don't right so wh- i guess the question is are we maybe I don't know, too lenient on baseball players, or maybe there's just nothing to be gained from from speculating. And then uh, one other question I have about this is, you you let's say I'm gonna just pick at random, just name a name. Um, Mel- just name any name. Melky Cabrera. Well, no, I want you to name a name of a guy who's clean. All right, so never mind. I'm not. Gonna, we won't even play the hypothetical game. Okay. But, but you wouldn't generally accuse some random player of being on steroids, even if you thought he was. No. But but you might in your head 
you might have all you probably do you probably have in your head a list of guys that you you've probably have thought about this in your head you've probably gone and made a list in your head of guys that you bet probably were on steroids so do you think there's anything wrong with thinking it uh i guess i mean you can kind of think of it in a sort of bayesian way i guess right i mean maybe certain certain things increase the the probability that a guy is doing something even if the probability is still low and even if you wouldn't necessarily accuse him of it um maybe there are certain things that would that would make you revise your estimate upward a little bit i the thing that i was gonna bring up at the beginning of the show um is that generally i'm sort of agnostic about whether a player who's been proven to take peds even about how much the thing that he took helped him Yes. Even and I and you are too. Generally, I guess you know. Even if a even if a player fails a test and took something that is intended to be performance enhancing, I don't necessarily conclude that it enhanced his performance or or that it did dramatically. Um, and so there are two players this year who are coming off of career seasons uh, during which they were suspended or after which they were suspended. And are kind of having career worst seasons now, or, or at least uh, their worst in a while. Uh, Melky, which is why I was thinking of him, and and Carlos Ruiz. Um, and I feel like those are two those are two cases where someone who kind of has already decided that if a player tests positive for something, then he was he was made better, he was enhanced by that something. Uh, can point to these two guys and say, well, look at the years they had last year, and then now they're not taking that thing because they got caught, and they're way, way worse. Uh, and this was kind of what I was worried about with Melky before this season, because I felt like he was such a good regression candidate, just just independent of, of anything he took. I mean, just his numbers last year were kind of fluky. Uh, I mean, he had some crazy high BABIP and just a ton of singles and like bloopers falling in and seemed like a guy who, even if he hadn't tested positive and he continued taking whatever he was taking for the rest of the season, probably wouldn't have been as good in the second half anyway. So it seemed like a case where uh, both of those guys would kind of come down off these career highs, which they would have come down off of anyway. And people would kind of conveniently tie that to the PED use. And I was going to bring up Cologne as as the counterpoint to that uh, of a guy who seems to have gotten even better or been just as good. Um, so so I don't know. Uh, it's I, I guess there are people who I have some slightly higher suspicion about, but but I'm sort of naive or trusting too and and when there's some other explanation advanced like when it's chris davis and he's a guy who always had crazy power um and you know he tells you well i changed my swing and it's not an uppercut now it's level and i'm doing these different drills and and he's being more patient and swinging at better pitches and all these other explanations that seem like you know they they could make sense then i I'm inclined to to trust those. Uh, okay, so bottom line, we'll wrap it up after this. Bottom line, if you hear an announcer uh, making accusatory claims about Chris Davis today uh, during a game, uh, that announcer, in my opinion, is a jerk and should shut up. 
Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. If you hear an announcer during the game today making accusatory claims about Bartolo Colon, is that announcer a jerk, and does he need to shut up, or is that fair game? Uh, <clears throat> I'd say still, probably not. Not a jerk. No, kind of a jerk. Maybe less of a jerk. Okay, so uh, sorry, still a jerk. Still, still should shut up. Yeah, I don't. I okay. mean, just in general, I'd rather hear an announcer talk about something that he or she knows something about. I mean, just you know, I'd rather not hear them speculate about anything, whether it's whether it's who's taking steroids or some stat thing that doesn't really make sense when they say it. So, uh, that yeah, that's something I'd rather not rather not hear. Good point. That's a good way. That's a good way of looking at it. Okay. Cool. Good. Okay. Uh, so the Amaro thing. Uh, did you see any of what nope. he said? Um, okay. So uh, it, basically, it's uh, it's from another story about whether the Phillies are buyers or sellers, which has been going on for weeks now. Uh, and this one was in CSNPhilly.com, and uh, basically. He's he's being defensive about his uh, minor league system. He's um, he okay. Amaro used the subject of the minor league system as a springboard to rip those who rate minor league systems. We have some guys that may be available. Amaro said clubs have asked about some guys that you don't see on the top twenty-five, top fifty lists of everyone who knows everything about baseball. I said that sarcastically, by the way, because I don't think people know parentheses crap about it. You can print that if you'd like. And they did. Uh, and they did not. They did not. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. They, they, actually, did, they didn't they, print that word. <laughs> they chose not to print that. Yes. Uh, there's just a lot of those lists that come out that make me laugh. I don't see anyone working for any major league clubs that do that with those lists. It's interesting. Now, I don't know what he meant about do that with those lists. I don't whether he means ranking prospects, which is something that teams do. Or I guess he he just means that the people ranking the prospects on the internet aren't working for teams, um, and I mean certainly some of them have gone on to work for teams. Uh, so I think we, on one of our early episodes that I hope no one ever goes back to listen to, um, we talked about Kenny Williams kind of making similarly. Uh, well, he was he was defending his farm system and saying that. Yes, our, our system is always rated poorly, but we keep managing to graduate players to the majors. And these guys maybe weren't ranked as top prospects, but they've come up and they've contributed. Uh, so it was, I, I guess, maybe more of a, a, a reasoned response than Amaro just kind of doing an ad hominem attack on the people who are making the lists. But um, I wonder, you know, if, you're, if you can put yourself in a general manager's shoes... And, you know, there have been there is a, a Matt Gelb story earlier in the year about how the Phillies believe they have the best scouts in baseball. Uh, and for all I know, they do. I, I don't know. Maybe they do. Um, and so if you're Amaro and you're surrounded by uh, lots of, you know, experienced baseball people and you believe that you have great scouts and you have teams calling and asking about people who maybe weren't highly ranked prospects, um, would you do you think that you would uh, take those rankings into account? Do you think that you that your perception of your own farm system strength would be influenced by what you know Jason Park says or 
anyone at any other site who is respected and does that and and speaks to people within the game or do you think you would just kind of tend to write them off and say that i know more about my own guys than they do i uh, it's well that's interesting i i think i would take it somewhat seriously um i mean the thing about these rankings is that they are a they're essentially a poll of the industry for right. the most part right. and it's kind of like in a way it's it's got to be useful to some degree to have 29 other teams uh inside information which is what this is they're passing along their their information they're sharing it with you and to totally ignore it or or even i, I mean i think what amaro is saying is almost more like invalidating it and saying it's you know not useful that right. it's not good information seems to kind of ignore what goes into these this is not you know this is not me sitting in my in my honda fit mm -hmm. looking at you know looking at game footage or looking at stats and trying to decide who i like most mm -hmm. if it, it if if there were rankings that were like that like just some guy who there would, there are those i mean there are yeah, kind of the, no, the google it, scouts who make lists and and yeah and if though if any of like if those were the things we were talking about yeah. if somehow if somehow those had gotten the prestige that that everybody talked about them when they came out mm -hmm. um i could see a gm saying you know that guy's opinion I, I we we have looked at his opinion and found it wanting that seems legitimate to me but i mean this is a it's a pretty I feel like it's a pretty true gauge of the conventional wisdom. And there's so many people being talked to at so many different levels. It's a monumental task of reporting. And as a person who believes in reporting and monumental tasks of reporting, uh, you know, that's a pretty valuable thing. I mean, if, if nobody were doing this, like if you imagine a world where nobody was doing this and some ambitious reporter like came, you know, to his editor and said, hey, I want to pull hundreds and hundreds of industry insiders over the course of not just days, but months and years. And I want to use that to get a really, you know, uh, detailed gauge of the industry uh, on all of these prospects. It would, first of all, be like unthinkably big and every editor would be like, you know, <laughs> you'll never finish that. Mm -hmm. uh, but B, it would be like the most ambitious and exciting story pitch in the world. I mean, it's like, it's almost Pulitzer level mm -hmm. uh, reporting. And uh, so, I mean, reporting is a good thing. Like, I think there's a lot of bad analysis in the world. There's a lot of good analysis too. I tend to, I tend to gravitate toward analysis, especially at this age. Um, but there's a, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> um, Pulitzer level. Oh, there's, oh yeah. There's a lot of good analysis. Uh -huh. Something, but I forget. Uh, there's a lot of bad. Oh, okay, yeah. There's a lot of bad analysis. Uh, out there, but I feel like reporting is a is generally um, is generally a moral good. You know, to mm -hmm. me, if you're if you're willing to pick up the phone and call fifty people, you're probably going to come away with a pretty good answer. Now, uh, the flip side to that is that in I mean, conventional wisdom in any field in any topic is often um, can can be kind of. Uh, can turn into an echo chamber. Can be can be misleading. Can be uh, can serve particular interest groups. Can be uncreative. I mean, when I look at when I you know the, every four years or so I get into politics for like four months and I watch the election really super closely and I generally find the conventional wisdom to be awful. You know, mm -hmm. I the conventional wisdom is is not I would say a 
a, a, a phrase that I use in a positive term very often. And so you could you could make the case that Ruben Amaro could make the case that a lot of these scouts are uh, saying things that are already established conventional wisdom, mm-hmm. and they're not actually necessarily giving particularly enlightening uh, answers. And if they are merely reinforcing the conventional wisdom that already exists, and then you know maybe the reporters are getting old information, maybe they're getting uh, uh, rote information, um, and so maybe Amaro knows a bit more about what goes, you know, what information gets shared with reporters and what the tendency is to mm-hmm. that as far as you know, what people say. Um, so, you know, I also wouldn't say from my perspective, from my perch, that it's definitely uh, better than what he has. But it seems to me that it's it's relevant information and, and it's not something that I would ignore completely. Yeah. Uh, well, when we talked to Kevin and I asked him uh, something about how, how public internet scouting compares to, to the team stuff, he, I mean, he said that certainly there are prospects on on every team's top whatever list who are probably not on, on the internet ones. Uh, and maybe they should be, maybe there are people that, that, that we've missed. Um, and, and of course it only takes one team to, to value a guy highly for that prospect to, to be worth something. It's like when a, you know, when a, the, the team that ends up with a free agent is the team that's willing to, to pay the most and maybe, maybe too much, uh, there might be a, a team who thinks that some prospect who's not really a good prospect is a good prospect, and they'll call and and treat him as if he is one, um, unless unless I guess they're reading that kind of industry internet consensus and think, well, maybe we're out on an island with this guy, maybe we're wrong. Um, so I I don't know. I don't think most teams uh, would would put an internet list on the same level as their internal stuff, but. I think most of them would consider it a valuable source um, and at least take it into account. So uh, I don't know whether this is just kind of a, a self-serving thing where if you're a GM of a, an organization that has a really poorly rated farm system, you're, you're not going to say, yeah, they're right. Uh, we don't have any prospects, so we can't make any trades. You, you would want to defend your guys somehow and say, well, we have people that they're missing. It's, it's a better system than they think. Um, so maybe that's just what he was trying to do and he didn't do it in the most tactful way possible. Um, he should really just say, you can't predict baseball guys. You can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. We're probably going to be good. Everybody says we're terrible. We're probably going to be good. You can't do it guys. Just can't be done. So that's what he should say. That's every time a GM goes to the media and they're like, "Hey, how come you're doing this?" Just go, dude. You can't predict. What are you? What are you trying to predict, man? I think he may have said some things that are not too different from that, really, at at points this season. Um, Okay. All right. All right. Uh, One show down. Send us emails at podcast at baseballperspectus dot com, and we will answer them in a couple days.